The first ever three-game wildcard series is done. The Mets, oh no, and we are on to the DS. Fire me up, baby. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball presented by SeatGeek. New code alert, John Boy Playoffs. Doesn't have to be your first time. John Boy Playoffs, 10%. Any ticket you get at SeatGeek, they're the geeks of seats. That means they know what they are doing. Download the app, SeatGeek, super easy to use. They're, help, they're sponsoring all of our live streams. Huge one coming tomorrow. Yankees Guardians with Chris Rose in the building. The Jambino will be back. Um, so go to Seeky, code John Boy Playoffs, and save yourself 10% on tickets, which, by the way, that means if you get pretty expensive tickets or tickets to a good event, you save some real money. Like if you're some guy that goes gallivanting to Rams games on your Sundays, you could save good money on expensive tickets there. Trev, how are you? My guy, Jacob, and BBD, we're on to the next round. I'm doing great, man. Um, after a wild, wild card, we got some great matchups set up here. I can't wait to preview them. I think first we're going to check in on those Mets and kind of talk about what happened. Kudos to the Padres for taking care of business. I'm feeling great this morning. I already recorded with C. Rosie because he's out to see you guys. Yeah, He's very excited. He's going to have all his Guardians gear on. That dynamic. It's going to be electric. Yeah, John, John was a little nervous because, uh, you know, it's Chris Rose, and we treat Chris Rose with a level of professionalism, but that's out with fandom. Mm. And I'm trying to remind John, like, when Chris Rose calls Blitzball games, mm. he's constantly calling me fat and short yeah. and unathletic. So, like, it's no holds bar with Chris Rose. Uh, a, no, a known truth teller, Chris Rose. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Seat geek. Um. Trev, how are you? Uh, again, podcast, YouTube, we're we're knifing it up a little bit. That uh, we're gonna let's we'll wrap up Mets Padres and then we'll get into all the series previews. So, Trev, how are you doing? Uh, fun weekend of baseball. I mean, I guess I've been seeing you anyways, so I don't I don't know. I guess we don't need to do like a full wrap. You already asked me how I'm doing, bro. I said yeah. I'm doing great. Yeah, look at me. I just I, good. I wanted you to tell the people good. where you were yesterday. It's my favorite. To, everyone knows I went to the Rams game. Yeah. Of course I did. They got it was a tough game for the Rams. Without Sweet Cooper's life. like Cooper Cup's crazy 70 yard catch, they had three points on offense. So they need to figure some things out. Uh, the offensive line looks a little beat up right now, but this is baseball, bro. Come on. This is baseball. Who cares about your regular season football game? Although talking Giants. Hello. Happy for the boys. Four and one. Um, Trev, don't care. It's time to talk. Baseball, and it's time to talk. New York Metropolitans versus San Diego Padres. Uh, I keep saying the first ever wild card series, and people keep going, well, actually, they did three-game wild cards the COVID year. And I say, eat bugs. Don't yeah. care. COVID year wasn't real. Uh, people, everyone looks at the Do Dodgers championship. Um, Trev. You're hot today, bro. Relax I'm a little hot. bit. Just... Indigenous look, look, people day. It. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. Is all these Yankee fans have had this pent up energy yeah. because they got yes. the buy. 
Yes. Let's not go on to the Yankees right now. Let's talk about this game. It was electric. Padres, Mets. Six, nothing. Pods Uh, in the decisive game. It never was close. No. First inning, as close as you're ever going to get, man. Musgrove was on one. Padres strike first. They shut the crowd up. And I think that was the biggest thing. Takeaway from all of these wild card rounds. We have the home field advantage. And that's a thing that, you know, great. You're a higher seed. All three games at home. We eliminate the travel day. It all makes sense. You have a little bit of advantage. Or so you think, man. What we've seen is shutting these crowds up, scoring early for the teams on the road is paramount. Winning game one in a series like this, I know it doesn't need to be really be said, but that's paramount. And I think going forward, before we really get into this game and how it went, yeah, I think an emphasis from now on is going to be game one in these games. Whether that is you piggyback two, like two of your guys to get game one, mm. and then you have your game three starter in game two, like there are going to be things done to make sure that first game is won. It just puts so much pressure on the other team regardless if you're at home or on the road, to have to win two in a row. I, I think we're going to see an emphasis put on that. Wild card Saturday, house money day. Um, I, I was talking about that. I mean, we we saw the team playing free and loose is a real thing in sports. You hear football coaches talk about it all the time because when you're playing free and loose, you're not thinking. When you're thinking less, you're executing. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think we saw that. Uh, DeGrom did his job. But, yeah, this Mets game, Bassett comes out uh, – Two runs in the first. Nola. How about your Nola boys this wild card weekend? Have a day. Have a couple days um, for their family. The two RBI single. Then Trent Grisham, obviously. The independent. Another RBI single for him. Manny Machado the very next inning. It's 4 nothing, And man, things are starting to get dark at City Field. You just You felt it in the air. Even in the broadcast, you could feel it sinking in. And when it was 4-0, you still had that one swing possibility, right? Like, let's get some guys on the bases. Or maybe let's push two across. So then hit the two-run homer. So then the next time a base runner gets on, you have that at the plate. They were looking for it. They were looking for it. A, they only had one hit for a while. Ended up being the whole game. Eargate happens. Joe Musgrove. And we're checking out uh, his satellite dishes. Nothing there. Padres and Soto talk about a backbreaker, a shift beating chopper from one of the more feared young hitters to ever play this game. And instead of him going 480 up top, he hits one dinks down the line, two more run scores at six, nothing. And that's it, man. Um, Joe Musgrove with an all time performance an all time playoff performance. I think he was the first pitcher ever to go seven innings, uh, with one hit or less uh, in in some sort of A playoff. decisive game. A decisive game. That's what it was. Thank you, Trev. Uh, Suarez comes out. How's your hunch piece? Casual. And then we get to see Josh Hader for the first time in this playoffs. That's it. That's all. Uh, Padres dominate uh, and Mets. I guess, Trev, where do you want to go? Padres or Mets? I think we give love to the Padres, yeah. man. We talked about them coming in and having, you know, starters that were hot they were really twirling the pill uh coming into the postseason and they had three dudes doing that and 
you kind of had to like that for them. And sure enough, you Darvish shows up game one. Snell gets hit around a little bit in game two, but then Musgrove comes with this incredible performance. I thought it was, it was gutsy. It was kind of like almost what we've come to expect from Joe though. Like this guy has turned himself into one of the more fearful pitchers in the national league. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that because he plays in San Diego on the West coast. Uh, but he's doing it on the national stage now. And especially because of Eargate bringing all his attention to this game, people are understanding this guy is the real deal. And if you get these guys on a roll in a playoff series, I mean, that's 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 the recipe for success. Haters coming out of the Panthonia 100. Why was everyone throwing like a tick hot, uh, faster than their regular season performance? Like, And that's like across the wild card series. Is it strictly an adrenaline thing? Is StatCast, like, do they tweak that up a little bit for the broadcast? Like, what are we doing here? Because everyone was throwing cheese. Could be a juice StatCast. Could be actual adrenaline. Could be MLB getting the special wild card balls in there. The, oh, they, they've got okay. a little turbo okay. boosters on there. Like, can't actually rule that out, which is insane. Oh, I forgot. That's what happened in the Philly series. They had the little robot balls, that, and they just guided them through the infield. <laughs> they want Harper to go on. That's oh, what you're saying, no, right? Oh, no. Um, Trev, I'm glad you said Padres because it should start there. One, they're a really good team. I've I've been hot on the Padres all year, mostly because of their starting pitching, and look what it ended up doing, uh, especially in the side of game. Joe Musgrove, I mentioned his last four starts coming in, 0-4-1 ERA, only one run in his last four starts. Maybe that's what you need to know. A two nine three on the year, coming in hot, and he drops it. There's something powerful to when a pitcher's not scared of throwing anything in the zone, and he was not. Um, and part of that is also when, you know, the couple of the hard balls you did give up, Trent Grisham makes an incredible play on a ball in the gap. A uh, couple line drives right at Soto, and, you know, that's baseball a little bit. So Joe Musgrove isn't pitching from the stretch, and he's not scared of going back in the zone because he's not getting punished at all. I thought about that, too. Even with, like, the McNeil ball to first base, um, you know, not hard hit, but well placed. It hits the bag. Hmm. If that if that gets past Myers, that's a double, one out in the second. That's like a an answer inning, and things could be different. But you make the play, bare hand, easy. You made it look easy at least. And you're right, like those those type of things keep Musgrove, you know, out of the stretch. You know, they keep the what are they what are we, the word I'm looking for. Um, high stress, stress pitches, yeah. you know, off of him, and he's able to go deep into the game because of it. Uh, it's it was just a well played baseball game by the San Diego Padres. Yeah, and uh, uh, you you started saying this, and I want to drive it home more. the The evolution of Joe Musgrove, because uh, there was this Pirates fire sale, right? Like they traded Garrett Cole a few years back, and you know some some of their other talented guys. That when Joe Musgrove got traded, let's be honest, he was a four two three ERA pitcher in his career with Pittsburgh. Now he got better that the COVID twenty twenty season, eight starts a three eight six, which okay, you know the advanced stats said it was a little better. You can't always go on ERA. For him to go to San Diego these past two years, give 30-plus starts in each season to the tune of a 3.06 ERA. Um, Joe Musgrove has been lights out. San Diego kid. By the way, that extension he signed, 5 for 100, you think with what he just did in the playoffs and what he's done this season, he wouldn't have gotten more on the open market? He would have. But guess what? He's from San Diego. He likes it there. That's awesome. Um, And, man, the Braves just locked up Strider again. 
maybe baseball starts doing early extensions more. Yeah. Could see. Uh, I mean, the Braves are putting the blueprint out for everybody. Yeah. If they want to follow that, go ahead. I think you have to have the guys to do that. Um, but yeah, more on the Padres. Trent Grisham being like a hero. He would have been MVP of this series if they gave out MVPs for the wild card series. Like that is what we're talking about when we say the numbers go back to zero when you get to the playoffs. And it's nice to see that. You know, he comes up big when he's been struggling all year offensively. Like this is now, but now in his mind, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. When before he couldn't really think that way because he's looking at a, you know, a horrible OPS up there. And like, but now it don't matter, bro. And I love that about the playoffs. Nola getting a a two RBI single. Awesome. Like unlikely heroes are what the postseason is for. I love that Joe Musgrove did his thing, but we kind of wanted him to do that and expected him to do that. When you got guys at the bottom of your lineup coming through in those situations, that is how you win games. Like that is how you win series. That's how you go deep into the playoffs is having those guys. You can't have a string of outs at the bottom of your lineup. You just can't. If you can get a couple situations like we've gotten from the Padres, I mean, that is the recipe for success. Bottom of their lineup. Homers from the top of your lineup and timely hitting from the bottom of your lineup. Bottom of their lineup was four for five in this game um, between Grisham and Nola. Um, the two walks leading up to that first Nola single, I mean, that's brutal. You know, a dribbler single, and you walked Kim and Grisham before that. I know Grisham has become, you know, a threat, and that's how short game series works, but Kim uh, kind of had not. He gets walked a couple times in this game. Uh, that That hurts a lot in hindsight, especially those early runs that are so, so important. In these games. Uh, and then another two out hit by Grisham. The Padres. Good news for them. They're a really good team. They had 10 hits. They dominated this game. They one hit them. Mm-hmm. And they had 10 hits. They will move on. And we're going to be talking about them more. Uh, and they're going to have an interesting series with the Dodgers. Um, I do think. All eyes turn to the Mets. And you know the Mets. Can be their own punchline. I'm a guy that likes the phrase. Metsy as a getsy. Buck Showalter got rid of a lot of that this year. Uh, he changed the whole tone. He changed the vibe, which, by the way, before I fully transition to the Mets, Bob Melvin. How easily could we have said this Padres team, like, oh, Tatis, never happened. Hater was terrible in August. It didn't click. Drury, Bell, even Soto, who they acquired, had underperformed at the deadline. Now, you still got nice pieces in them, but Bob Melvin... Sneaky kept this team together uh, through the Tatis situation. And San Diego, last year, that clubhouse was kind of a problem. Like, it, it wasn't fully talked about, but clearly they got rid of the manager and, you know, they had this decline. Bob Melvin, and Trev, I know he's a guy you, you played for, he, uh, he deserves a lot of credit. He's a communicator, man. He makes you feel good about yourself too, which I think may be the most important thing a manager can do. Make the players feel good about themselves. And he, um, you're right. I mean, he steadied the ship. There's no doubt about it. Everyone will say that on the Padres team. Uh, And I think that having a manager that communicates with you allows you to just go do your job. You're not worried about anything else. It's like, hey, this is what we expect from you. So you just go do it. I mean, the, that's what athletes have to do. Most of us, at least like, tell us what to do. We'll get our work in and then we'll go, you know, dance on the stage. Mm. When you have to like, think about like, 
what what is it that you want out of me? What what should I be doing? Like those things enter your mind, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not focusing on those dance moves. And I know you're envisioning me dancing right now. Yeah, I didn't think you'd go dancing on the stage. Oh, you haven't seen it yet, man. Maybe mm. at your wedding. We'll talk about that. You texted me about that yesterday. Um, also, yeah, uh, Bellmail's a a guy, a guy, guy. John Boy just had a really good joke. Um, well, I had a good joke, and Jimmy drove it home. Uh, uh, I made a joke that was over the top to Chris Rose about streaming the game with him, um, mm-hmm. and he asked for HR's phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, I screenshot, I sent it to Jimmy, and he said, send him Dan Rourke's contact info. <laughs> and that was, that was a really good joke. Um, the New York Mets, Trev. Uh, you know, one of the top two, three teams in baseball for five months of this season. Um, I saw a really tough but accurate meme online that was a Mets fan it's the clown putting on makeup meme, and the first one was win the series versus the Braves. The second one, there's more makeup on the clown, and it says win one game versus the Braves. The third one is, okay, wild card series at home, let's win. And the fourth one is full clown makeup, and they say, let's do it again next year. Um, tough. Mets fandom can be tough. I don't want Mets fans thinking like that, because, again, I think the culture has changed. I love Lindor, Alonzo. Um, Scherzer was definitely beat up, and like you said, with now finding out how important the game ones to these series are, people might think that sentence is dumb, but I, I truly believe in house money day more than anything. Um, Scherzer being banged up, it hurts. He's a guy that you pay you know, close to $50 million to to be one of those two starts, and he clearly did not have it. Um, it's tough, man. You got caught by the Braves right at the end. You lose this series at home. It's as dark of a feeling as you can have for a really good baseball team. Um, so I, I don't know, Trev. Where do you go with the Mets? I just don't see it that way, like, at all, to be honest with you. I understand you're out of the playoffs. It sucks. I get that. But that's baseball, dude. You won 101 games in the regular season. You were one of the better teams in all of baseball. Okay, you actually tied for the division lead, but there's a dumb tiebreaker involved. Okay, and yeah, you squandered that with three games at the end. So everyone was really pointing to that series. All you have to do is win one. But if that series happened in August, we wouldn't be talking about it the same way, dude. And so, like, I get it. It's it's dark times right now. And you do have a lot of questions in free agency, but if we're just talking about 2022, I mean, it was a great season. It didn't end the way you wanted it to end, but only one team season ends the way they wanted to end, yeah. dude. Like, it doesn't matter what round you get knocked out in. I really don't think it does. If they, if they went and lost the next, if they win this wild card series, okay, then they have to go play the Dodgers and they lose the Dodgers. That's better? I think a little bit, yes. Why? Because you won one series, I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. You play more games, and you because know, you won a series, saying, and that's like, nice. But you want, you want the growth, and we talk about this with sports teams and getting experience. How about the Atlanta Braves, who we're going to talk about? You know, they kind of chipped away. They, they gained some, some more, you know, battle scars, and then they finally won it. That, that's not proven in baseball. Like you know, the Nats team that won, they, they didn't really have battle scars. Um, but you know, I. If the Mets lost to the Dodgers, you still end up very sad, and it's not a win, and, you know, blah, 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 oh, we pay these guys, and we didn't win a World Series. But, you know, you also may have lost to a 112-win Dodgers team, and 
you also could have won the series. So, like, that's where baseball gets really tricky. But I, I don't know. My point is just here's how my it point. happened in the past two weeks is sure. more brutal than. One hundred percent. I un- I understand that, but I think my point is is that they did everything right this year. They did everything right. They went out and signed dudes. They went out and were aggressive at the trade deadline. To a t- to a, I guess they weren't aggressive at the trade deadline. Maybe that was what they didn't do right. Yeah. They tried to be aggressive. I, okay, you know what? That's the one thing they messed up on. Okay. I was for some reason I was thinking Bassett was at the deadline. He was obviously before the yeah. season. They end up getting what Vogelbach and and rough, and, rough. and those were their acquisitions. Uh, I think he was a deadline, but you know Mets he fans was. were hoping to snag yeah. like a Josh Bell, Josh Hader, yeah. So I mean, maybe that's one area Josh. they could improve in. But most most facets of the 2022 season, yeah. they were incredible at. I think if you're going to point to anything about dark times, I think they got you got to address what's happening in free agency. Chris Bassett. Uh, going to opt out. I think he has a mutual option. I think it is. DeGrom. DeGrom. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz is also a free agent. These are the things that you have to, and and, and more, and more. There's a lot of free agents there. These are the things that you have to address, and these are the things you can be scared of, but who do you got as your owner? Yeah. You think Steve Cohen is going to let this team that just won 101 games, you think he's going to be like, ah, screw it. I don't want to spend any money. Absolutely not. He's going to go after Judge. He's going to try to get DeGrom back. I don't know what they're going to do with Bassett. We'll see. Like, I think he's going to try to get Diaz back. I think they're going to be very aggressive. Now, you can be pissed if you're a Mets fan, and I would totally be understand that um, because of the way the season ended. But overall picture, you guys are in a really good spot with an owner that wants to spend money and, you know, some pieces there still. Like we talked about some guys that are leaving. There's still some pieces there. So go supplement it again. Bring those pieces back that are going to leave. Maybe get Aaron Judge over there. Hey, hey, hey. Um, I think if you're a Mets cut fan. Cut his mic, BBD. <laughs> it can be okay. I'm not saying it's going to be okay. Like there, you can, it can be okay. I think you're going to go into 2023, like feeling pretty confident about your team. How about that? Yeah, and we'll we'll have a lot of offseason to talk about the Mets. Their pitching staff is going to look very interesting next year. Uh, a lot of those guys are free agents. Um, the only guy on offense is really Nimmo, which that's an interesting free agency, but, uh, you know, potential all-JM team guy. Uh, yeah, no, it this year was a great step for the Mets, but like you said, with the trade deadline, and I think they had the easiest schedule in September, and they blew it. They got swept by the Cubs, like... There are some stuff that are glaring about this that are going to sting for a while. And, but I do want the end note to be, the Padres are a good team and a tough playoff matchup, especially when you get Bells and Trent Grisham and those guys clicking. Um, Trev, let's go into the DS previews. And as you guys know, we were Cron Pod, so we are going chronologically from... What will be the first game on your Tuesday DS special? Four DS games on Tuesday. And by the way, this may be completely obnoxious. The teams we lost. uh, We lost the Blue Jays. We lost the Mets. We lost the Cardinals. And we lost the Rays. We had a lot of fun baseball this weekend. Taking those four teams out and then putting in the Dodgers and the Braves and the Astros, and the Yankees. 
the level of baseball goes up just another baby notch that's going to be a lot of fun. And we are starting off with, how about a little East Coast matchup, Trev? Your Phillies. This team we've wanted to see in the playoffs. They they go into St. Louis and get it done. They're not going to be scared when they're behind. They had their crazy ninth inning rally. Their horses did their work. Uh, but the big bad wolf and the defending champs are waiting for them. The Atlanta Braves. Um, rested, ready to go. Every facet of the game, the Braves... <laughs> They don't have a weakness. Like, when I think of their offense, defense, starting pitching, relief pitching, the Braves do not have a weakness. Um, where do you jump with this series, Trev? I think, you know, both these teams know each other really well. Obviously, interdivision, um, the season series uh, was 11 wins of 19. So, 11 and 8, the Braves went against the Phillies. I don't know if you really care about that that much. Do you care about that? Um, I think it's more impactful when we get into uh, some of the other series that are a little more dominant. I mean, r regular season, there's ebbs and flows to it that, you know, certain players are hurt or your bullpen gets beat up the series before that you don't have to deal with that in the playoffs. So I, I think it's, I think the, what I get from that is the Braves won the regular season series, but the Phillies have no reason to be intimidated if, if they lose the first game, like, oh, it's happening again. Like, no, I, I, think, I think they know they can beat this team. Yeah, and, you know, the way the Phillies won that series, getting it in two games, allowing them to keep Ranger Suarez ready for game one here, I think is important. You know, the, one of the bigger advantages of getting the bye is being able to line your pitching up. These guys are rested. They're going to be fine. The bullpen's rested for the Phillies. And now you go Ranger, and then I believe they're going Wheeler, and then Nola. That's a nice first three games. It's going to match up against the Braves, who have an excellent first three games lined up with, I think it's Freed, Wright, and then I believe Morton they're going to go uh, game three. We have to see what's going on with Strider, who just signed a massive deal extension. We're excited about that. It's going to be a great series. I agree. I don't think the Braves have any holes. If uh, you were looking at the Phillies, you would say their defense and their bullpen is where they're, you know, disadvantaged that, but they played great right? in a short series against the Cardinals. So what do we know, man? We know that baseball is going to happen. A-Rod said it best. Mm. I always got to quote that guy. He has family all-timers. And aesthetically pleasing, I would put this at like a six and a half out of ten. Kind of got a little bit of like early 90s feel to it, which I like. Mm. Uh, that's back in vogue these days. Uh, a little too much red for me still. Mike Lieberthal behind the dish. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, this, so a couple things going on here. Spencer Strider is either a big circle or a little circle. Because, A, if the Braves come out and thump and dominate, they may not need Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider was probably their best pitcher against the Phillies this year. 4-0 with a 1-2-7. The early returns are they're expecting him to be available for the NLDS. They need to see him throw again. I don't know if that's today. Uh, we, we will see. But, yeah, they just gave him an extension. And uh, I don't know. Young young guy. I, I normally, for the younger folks, I like, to, I like to assume that they're young and healthy and these guys are kind of superhuman in their own ways that I'm – I'm going to lean well, that Spencer Strider could be there, but I don't know. 
Fernando Tatis Jr., right. famously slow healer. Well, bad bones. Um, bad, bad bones and bad muscles on one of the best athletes in the world. Um, Trev, the other thing that, and, and I don't want to harp on this too much in every series, so I guess it's just a theme uh, for the teams that were in the wild card. The bump a bum, the flip the script. If they win game one in Atlanta, and you know, we're, there's a couple factors in play here. A, it's baseball and anything can happen on any given day. It's part of what makes it, you know, the best sport. Uh, day games this year, Braves not very good, and they've got the 107 game. We'll see if that matters at all, if you believe in that. Uh, hitter, the Braves hitters haven't seen live pitching in a little bit. You know, we've seen that affect teams before. It's been a little while. The Phillies played over this weekend. And if they can steal the Ranger Suarez game, which, you know, crazier things have happened in baseball, although Max Fried, your boy, is nice, then you have your guys... Nola and Wheeler getting ready to go in those middle games. That that is what I'm looking to watch for, and I'm scared about for my Yankees too. So I'm not trying to put the fear of Braves into, but that's what I'm excited to see in these DS series um, to see who can kind of flip the script on them because that can become daunting real quick. Yeah, I think what we need to look out for is the length of the starting pitcher's line. Like, this is a series now, five games, where, you know, bullpen fatigue can come into play. And that short three-game set, like, maybe it's going to happen. But if you have a bad start by one of your guys in the first couple nights and you don't have an innings eater and you're going with your bullpen and then you bring him into high leverage the next day, like, it starts – you start to get taxed a little bit. I think this is the time now we need to keep an eye on that. You know, with the starters that we have going these first three games, I don't think it's going to be a problem, to be honest with you. We've seen starting pitching be dominant in the playoffs so far. But both these teams can hit homers. And that's what wins you playoff games. Um, This is going to be a battle. I don't think the Braves look at that regular season record and say, oh, yeah, we're going to easily handle these guys. Because I think the Phillies are getting hot at the right time. Like I said, the deficiencies, like they kind of were, they were fine. Alec Bohm outplayed Nolan Arenado defensively at third base. Crazy. Think about that. That's that Philly infield D that BBD mm. knew about before everybody else. But this is going to be good. I think I like like inner uh, division playoff matchups. Like there's just, there's history there. There's like, a little bit of animosity. It's like you've seen enough of these guys. Like you, it's, I think it creates like storylines and drama that you wouldn't have otherwise if two teams that don't really ever play each other. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, some sometimes when teams play each other a lot, you become, you just become very familiar. You you know, if there's a funky guy in the bullpen, guess what? You've seen his funk, and and you know yeah. what that's about. I'm interested to see how that ties into this series because that's where. The appeal of the Phillies, as we've talked about for years, their dude factor is off the chart. Uh, between Bryce and your boy Reeser and JT Realmuto and Castellanos and um, you yeah, know Schwarbo, I mean that guy can ruin a playoff series for you real quick. Um, Alec Bohm, uh, we're having a Bowman in these playoffs. Uh, you know Gene that Se- group you just want to go to a football game and slug beers with. That yeah. is. Let's do it. One maybe more than any other clubhouse in the big leagues. That clubhouse is like, let's go tailgate and have fun. Does that mean anything to you? Probably not. Probably not. Um, 
Man, <laughs> if, how does that factor in the ball game, Jake? If they steal game one, let's dream a little bit. If they steal don't game say one, steal, don't say steal game they one. Win they game win one. game one. They're not going to steal shit. Ranger Suarez is a hell of a pitcher. This is a hell of a baseball team. Not stealing anything is winning a game. Game two can kind of become their house money game. You throw Cindergard, you throw Gibby, and you know, see what happens. Do you just leave Nola and Wheeler for three and four? In Philly, and say if we take one in Atlanta, like I don't. That's really interesting to me. Why would you do that? Cause why would you give them a chance to tie the series up? I I, I don't think so, dude. I think you. I okay. think they have the rotation set, and they want. So I think it'll end up being Ranger, and then those two horses, and then yeah, some combination of Syndergaard and maybe Falter or, or Gibby, whatever they have to do there. And then Suarez will get the ball game five again, I'm assuming. Well, let's get there. Um, anything else from this series that, that feels important we haven't touched on? I mean, I, it, it's funny for me with the Braves, like it's almost like there's not any like wild cards. It's uh, like you and me yeah. stepping in front of the well, mic. Like, there is. Watch out for this guy. It's You kind of know these guys. They're the defending champs. I'll tell you what you have to look out for, okay. Jake, okay? Because this is what I do. It's my job. Yep. The closers. I know I've told Braves fans, don't worry about Kenley. He can be streaky. That that could go both ways, though. Like, he could put some runners on. I don't think – you might have an immaculate inning from Kenley. You also yeah. might have a bunch of runners on. I kind of just – like, there's no in-between there. And I think the same thing you can say about Eflin. I, lo- I love Eflin. You know he's my guy. I – I'm curious to see if he's going to end the postseason as their de facto closer. Is David Robertson going to step in and, and get that role? Sir Anthony Dominguez kind of looked nasty there a little bit. So there's some options. I don't think that Topper like has told Eflin, you're my ninth inning guy. I think he's going to ride the hot hand. Um, and Eflin's got the job done so far. But I think, you know, the, the end of the game shuffle where they're going to use who they consider to be their high leverage guy. I think we'll have to look at that because if there is on either side, and I know Atlanta's bullpen is not like a, it's not like a, a bad situation for them, but I'd say that it's probably their weakest situation. No, I mean, man, that's, that's it's good. But that, you know what? Forget that they're, they're set, but for the Phillies, I mean, I think that is where you have to look is the bullpen. How is that bullpen going to perform? I think Atlanta's will get the job done. I believe in Atlanta's bullpen. Um, Matzik, McHugh, Minter, Iglesias, Jansen. Um, it just ties into the bullpen is the most volatile position in baseball. Um, you know, it can come and go instantly. And playoffs are just as volatile that, you know, Rysel Iglesias, who I think is his relief pitching stuff is what I, if I could take an MLB player's body and have their stuff for a day, it would be Reisel. I, I love his pitch mix. If he comes in and Harper takes him up top and then Bohm takes him up top, his next outing, like he's got the shortest leash in the building because uh, it's playoff baseball and it's totally different. So I don't know, man. It, it's where these Braves, you know, I, I made my Christmas Day bet that they would run it back. Uh, trying to figure out what this team's weakness is is challenging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that they means don't really they're have really one. good. That means Jesse really Chavez good. is going to get some massive outs for them, and we're all going to cheer because he's a national hero. Because he's that guy. Um, 
skinniest legs in the show. Him and Tristan McKenzie probably are. Ooh. 1-1. One, one. Dr. Sticks. <laughs> that's a lean, that's a lean fighting machine. Uh, who do you have in this series, Trent? We're doing that? Oh, man. I think the Braves are just kind of too well-rounded. I don't think this is like an easy call. Like, I think the Phillies could win this series. Like, I think they could be the team that just gets hot at the right time. Um, but I think the Phillies, or excuse me, the Braves are just, like we pointed out, I was trying to find a weakness and then was reminded of just how many horses they have in that pen. So they don't really have an, a weakness. So I'll take the Braves. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think there's going to be some good games. But overall, I think their their depth of talent just kind of wins out. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Braves in four. I, I, um, they're stacked. They're stacked. They're confident. They're uh, relentless, bro. They've got a good mix of like young and hungry with experience. Like you know, the the fact that I'm seeing, you know, I know these guys didn't have their best seasons, and you know, baseball you run hot and cold. I guess think about what we just said about Josh Bell and Trent Grisham. You know, those guys had a couple good games, and they were massive threats. The bottom of this Braves lineup right now is Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario. Like, Eddie Rosario got CS MVP last year? Yeah. Like, he can... Oh, he's, re- he's ready for the lights. <laughs> Poppy. I mean, he's ready. Vamo. You know? Yeah. It's... This Braves team picked it up at the end of the year. Similar to last year, right? Like, since June 1st, I think they were best record in baseball... They caught the Mets. They've been playing meaningful games, and this is what their whole season has been built up for. Um, you know, I Phillies Phillies probably catch one. They're really talented in those top two starters, but I uh, I believe in the Braves. I, I believe in the Braves, and I I think most people do. Um, Eddie Rosario, I know it's boosted by a big um, NLCS that he did win the MVP of, but overall his postseason numbers, 92 plate appearances. He's got a 993 OPS. Compared to what does he have career, regular season? Give me give me 770. 767. You lost on prices right. Don't Yeah, I went over. Like That's that. my bad. Uh, I love Eddie Rosario. And I don't think OPS sums up who he is as a player enough because he's not on base. I would have went $1 on your ass right there. But he can hit. Um, and, he, <laughs> and there's six guys ahead of him that that mashed better than him this year. Hey, prove us wrong, Phillies. Prove us wrong. Love it. Be the bad guys. That's where, and Trev, as, as we dive further, further deeper into these series, um, you know, the favorites are strong. And they've been kind of the top four big dogs all year, along with the Mets. And we know the baseball playoffs are going to rear their head. And it's just a matter yeah. of, you know, is, Which it, one? is it the Phillies? Is it the guards? Is it, you know, see, see us rise? Um, baseball! Trev, all of this playoff action is brought to you by DraftKings. NFL action is in full effect. So are the playoffs, man. If there's a time, <laughs> if you want to play some bets, you can find... Games to do it on. Um, and if you find an NFL game you like, pick an NFL team to win, bet $5. You'll get $200 in free bets if they do. Their same game parlays are super easy to do. Hell, you know, find a couple baseball games. Find something you like. 
you know, a couple unders here and there, playoff pitching. Follow my picks in the JMATS League. I'm on fire. Got mine this week. Whoops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBO to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code JOMBOY. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Trev, I said we're a cron pod. And when you're lining up your Tuesday, sure, turn on some Braves fills. And then your afternoon affair. The Houston Astros, six straight ALCSs going through Houston. They host their divisional friends, the Seattle Mariners, uh, who took down the Blue Jays. Um, I was coming into the playoffs. I thought we might get this matchup, and I was a little nervous because the Astros have been such a big brother. With how Seattle took care of their business in Toronto, I'm pretty jazzed up for this. Uh, with their young core and who they want to be, um, you know, this is their shot at Big Bro. And I think they're going to swing hard. I don't know what that means. Uh, Astros did beat them 12-7 to this year. Um, Astros obviously dominated the division. We had a little June brawl between these two. These guys have seen each other a lot. Um Trev, Houston, Seattle. Oh man, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be probably my favorite series that I watched in the DS um, because there is still that aspect like the Houston Astros run the division. They run the AL. I believe it's five straight times to the ALCS. Uh, Jake, I think you added the year there. No big deal. About to. Um, so I think the Mariners have to get over that. And but the way that they went into Toronto and just punched those dudes square in the face, I don't think they care about who's in front of them. I think maybe that does matter in the regular season, like going into Houston's tough and like these guys are really good. And you know, we're still kind of a young team. Like, what's our identity? I think they found it, man. I think that they are not scared of this series at all. I think Houston understands, yeah, we've we've been dominant. And we played well against these guys, 12 and 7 against them this year in the 19 games they played against each other. But I don't think Houston is looking at this series and, and like, you know, licking their chops. I think they understand this is going to be a tough one. And um, like I said, I think for me, it's going to be my favorite series to watch. Also, aesthetically pleasing. I'm going to rate it an 8 out of 10. I like it, dude. Ooh, yeah. I love the Mariners jerseys. I'll admit that whoever they're going up with, as long as they don't aren't too matchy, I like the orange against like that teal is just is awesome. Yeah, that's a great call. I'm into it. That's a great call. Uh, yeah, as we we start with these two division matchups, um, you know these these teams again know each other a lot, seen each other a lot. Justin Verlander. Uh, Depending however you want to cut up the numbers, they're incredible. 5-1 and one versus the Mariners this year with a 2-3-4 ERA. Uh, he hasn't allowed a home run in his last 58 and two-thirds. Uh, so much talk about how important the home run is these playoffs. He's been doing that. Uh, you know he attacks the zone. He's got 187 innings in the playoffs. Uh, a full season of playoff baseball this guy has pitched. Probably your Cy Young winner. That's a bad man. It's a bad man. In Houston, afternoon game, all the oil and gas people skipping out on work to get rowdy for a little baseball game. Woo! 
you know, but this is a situation again where the Mariners took it in two games and they were able to save their three guy to start here. And and Logan Gilbert's a, yeah. an excellent three. I mean, you could make an argument that he's, you know, the second best pitcher on that team, second best starter on that team. So uh, they're going to have him going. And then you have Castillo returning for game two, and then Robbie Ray for game three. I think I'm curious to see um, what they do with Kirby. Like, is he going to start game four? Is he going to be like a piggyback type of guy? Mm. Um, maybe some more high leverage situations. We'll we'll see what they do with him. But I think the pitching kind of matches up against each other. I know, you know, about Houston starters and like what they're going to do. It's going to go Verlander, um, our guy Framber, then McCullers Jr. I think the starting pitching matches up and there's a, really really good matchups that's why i'm saying like houston is looking at this series and being like okay like we're in for a fight here i think one big stat i did see was how poorly the mariners hitters have fared in houston this year and they're hitting under 200 um they're gonna have to overcome that there are some times man when you go into a park you don't see the ball well Uh, sometimes it's because the pitchers are just really good i think that's probably what happened in this instance uh but they're not comfortable there i think that's something you have to look for. Yes. I, uh, as I mentioned, the Braves are a team that it's hard to find what their weakness or Achilles heel can be. Houston is the same way. Uh, their bullpen, the best ERA in baseball. Um, and a lot of dudes that have now pitched in big time games before Presley, Stanek, um, you know, Montero's new to the game. Nerys is there. They've tapped into him. Let's see how they use uh, Javier, Urquidy, and Garcia, uh, guys that have now pitched in big games, and if they come in, they won't be scared, and, you know, their stuff can even tick up out of the bullpen. Uh, Houston's lineup, I mean, Altuve has been hot recently. He will set the tone as he always does. Jordan Alvarez, <laughs> the best player in baseball that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, Bregman, his second half was insane. Tucker, I mean, you know, potential LJM guy. He's he's chilled off a little bit of late. Um, and Jeremy Pena, the young shortstop. That's the one thing that's different from this Houston team. I'm very interested to see how the kid looks in his first playoff series because that used to be Carlos Correa, which you knew what he was going to bring. All-world defense and big time at bats. Pena has done nothing to make you think he'll do otherwise. Uh, but let's see it in his first playoff series because... Everyone's first playoff series is different. But God, across the board, man, the team doesn't have an Achilles heel. They don't. And they have some guys with some good numbers against Logan Gilbert. Altuve probably has good numbers against everyone. everyone. He's one of those dudes. He's eight for 19 with a homer and five doubles against him. So he'll look to set the tone right away. Bregman, our guy, my new best friend. We text all the time. No, we don't. Seven for 17 against Logan Gilbert. And then Jordan Alvarez, five for 17. He has owned a few of the players, including your guy, Jeremy Pena. He's 0 for 8 against them this season. So that's, you know, these are some stats, some trends that might continue. Um, but, you, I mean, you're right. This Houston lineup is just, it's relentless. It's They can hit for power. They can get on base. I mean, there isn't a weakness on this team. You talked about the bullpen. Ryan Stanek had a one one five throughout the year. He set the Houston mark. For ERA by a reliever in a season. This is a guy who, like, you know, pretty good, but has turned it on this year. And now you have another dominant dude to go along with Presley and the rest of those dudes at the back end of the bullpen. It's 
they're daunting, man. But nothing that the Mariners, I, I, they're they're not afraid of anything, man. They are not. So if you can go into Toronto and do what they yeah. did, a massive comeback like that, Toronto's not an easy place to play either. And that team's scary, but they don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. They won't feel out of it. Like like I kind of started off when I when I saw the playoff bracket, I kind of you know, I was like, "Hey, if Toronto clicks and those young guys, if, you know, Vladdy, Bichette, Springer, if they rise to the occasion, I think they could really give this Houston team a scare." Seattle, uh, knowing that Houston's been the alpha in there for a while and they're young and up and coming, I was like, "You know, Houston might be licking their chops for this." After what they did in Toronto, I view it very differently. Like I mean, Seattle's going to give their biggest punches. I think a couple are going to land, and I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means trying to win the series. I don't know if that's two games. I, I don't know. But I I like Seattle coming into this more than I did when I first saw the bracket. Luis Castillo, you know what he's going to do out there. Like, he's going to give you a yeah. chance. Um, let's see if Logill has that in the tank. Let's see if Robbie Ray uh, can find it. And, yeah, like you said, George Kirby, we saw them use him as a weapon Will he be there, um, Patrick Corbin, from recent years, that maybe he, he comes in as a weapon and then he's still starting a game four? Really like Seattle's bullpen as well. Seawald, Munoz, uh, Swanson, Castillo, Brash, Penn Murphy, our guy. Um, mm. And that lineup, Adam Frazier. Say that again. Which guy? Penn Murphy. Penn Murphy. Um, so good. Adam Frazier, who had a down year. Guess what? Couple big playoff games. He is now a threat, and that trade was big for them. Carlos Santana with the big ding dong, big dumper with that big dumper. Uh, up and down Seattle's lineup. It there's not an easy out. Hello, JP Crawford. Um, I think the Mariners are gonna give some good punches. I just don't know what it does because I've seen this Houston team over and over take every team's best punch. For the past half a decade, and it rarely phases them. Because of the starting pitching. You can talk about the Mariners line. You could talk about any lineup you want. But that starting pitching that the Astros have, Justin Verlander is going to win the AL Cy Young. Okay? He's looked absolutely phenomenal all year long. He's had a ton of experience. All these guys have experience because they're in the playoffs every single year. He's probably got the most playoff experience of any of them. You know what you're going to get from him. Then Framber Valdez gave you, what, 26 straight quality starts? Maybe more. I don't even know. I stopped counting. It was too yeah. many. I can't count that high, Jake. Yeah. I can't count as high as many as quality starts as Framber Valdez gave this year. Think about that. In a row. And then, oh, yeah, Lance McCullers Jr., Moxie King, my mm, Moxie your King. Your Moxie King. For game three. I mean, that is why it just – you have to give the edge to the Astros in this series. I mean, you could go up and down the line. I would argue the bullpens are a wash. But that starting pitching that the Houston Astros have? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's just totally dominant, dude. I know we do have some measure, better measures of units of measure than just yep. pure ERA. I got there. Words are hard. Not a Stanford guy like you. Um. Here's the ERAs of Verlander, Framber, and McCullers if they go that way. 1.75 for Justin. 2.82 for Framber, the high man on the totem pole. And a 2.27 for Lance McCullers. So, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about big three. Oh, Philly, they got those two guys. Hell, even San Diego. Those guys are pretty good. 
it's always Houston, seemingly. Um, so I, uh, with that, I, I mean, I, I think I've been alluding to it. I, I still think Houston has the dogs and the mustard and everything to win this series. I think I have them in five. I, I think Seattle's going to really swing big. I think they win the Castillo game. I think they win another one. I think game five in Houston, I think those boys do what they do, especially if that's Justin Verlander's. Uh, that's JV's game. I, I kind of told, uh, I, I told, who was the team that was playing Houston to finish the season? Philly. I said, don't have your season depend on a Justin Verlander start. And I think if you're Seattle, you don't want that either. You're going Houston and five. Houston and five. It's going to be hard for me to pick against any of these teams that had the buy. I mean, I think I have one that I'm gravitating towards, but it's not this one. I think Houston does win this series. And you know what? I hope the Mariners fans can dance on my grave again because mm. they've been doing it all year long. And if they want to clip this, go for it. I think the Houston Nationals win in five. Okay. Mariners Twitter account. Post it. Trevor Plouffe hates you. That, I never said that. <laughs> I I picked this team to be in the playoffs. I, I think wanted Seattle them to be likes good. They you. just had a bad start to the year, and Julio Rodriguez didn't look like Julio Rodriguez yet. Okay, Mike Trout. I I think of explaining myself. I think Seattle loves you, dude. I think Seattle loves you. I love Seattle. I've said so many good times. I have been elevated uh, higher than that space needle in Seattle. You know what I mean. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like the first album to your CD. You guys can talk about old Russ together. Ooh, danger, Russ. Old Russ. Talking about that. Uh, I like the tidbit Eric could put on here. Uh, Scott Service played for Dusty Baker. So yeah. That's interesting. I like the, the when Astros. the managers have some history together. I think that's we fun. might see benches clear in that series. How about that? I think Dusty I- Baker versus Scott Service. Who you got? Is Dusty going to poke him with the Ooh, toothpick? The toothpick in comes into play. I mean, Service has a... Couple Younger. couple years, yeah. Um, let's see. Hopefully they Advantage fight. Advantage Mariners. Advantage Mariners. Advantage Mariners. Trev, the next game of the day, 7.37 p.m. We will be live streaming with Chris Rose. The smack talk has already begun. The Cleveland Guardians come to the Bronx and play the New York Yankees. Uh, these teams have a little bit of recent history. These teams have a... The semi-recent history, you were talking about, you know, that 90s feel. Uh, that young, talented Cleveland team that ran into the, the Yankees dynasty of sorts. Uh, in recent years, um, you know, Kluber, Jose Ramirez, they, they played a DS, big DD games. Uh, got the Yankees through that. The baby Guardians come to town running high after, you know, taking care of what they needed to against the Rays. As the Yankees... You know, one of the dominant starts to the season, people were talking about 116 wins. That fell out of rate. They had one of the worst Augusts in franchise history. And then they got it back going in September again as their players began to come back and be healthy. Aaron Judge with a historic season. Uh, in game one, we will have Garrett Cole. Garrett! Um, <laughs> going against Cal Quantrill, uh, I believe, for the Guardians. Uh, as they used Bieber and McKenzie, their horses in the wild card. So uh, with that, Trev, a beautiful, crisp autumn night in the Bronx. It doesn't get any better. Have they set the rotation yet? 
Are we going Quantrill to Bieber to McKenzie? Because you could go Bieber on a one-day short rest. All these things are happening. Nothing's official, but the the word is Quantrill. Only like, thing I've heard was it, it, is people are expecting Quantrill. Until there's one. Guardians funny business, which, hey, I'm bring me all the playoff funny business he got. That goes to any team. Six and a third innings pitched, three earned runs for Quantrill against his the Yankees and his only start against them. McKenzie had a fabulous outing against them, and Bieber has not faced the Yankees. So you can't draw too much there other than the Guardians won't be scared because I think they can rely on some of that pitching too. Uh, this is going to be an excellent matchup, aesthetically pleasing. I think this is also high for me. I think I gave eight and a half to the Mariners Astros. I like the, These are good. the difference in colors. This is just a classic. This is just, I mean, I'm going to give it a nine. When I think about, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to take it back a little bit. I'm going to give it an eight. I don't think the Guardians have the same feel as the Tribe did. Like I'm taking it back because the Guardians unis took a step back. It's, it's, I'm sorry, just that is what it is, my people. So I'll give it an eight because I still think it's aesthetically pleasing and it is classic. A classic matchup. Something this about is Manny... the one series. This is the one series, Jake, Ooh. that I am contemplating taking uh, the Guardians in. And unless you can convince me otherwise, I think that's the way I'm going to lead. I think they're the Cinderella story. Now, I don't know when the the ball's going to drop or the shoe's going to fall. What do they call that? The pumpkin's going to you, you turn don't know back when into Cinder- a pumpkin. You don't know when Cinderella's balls are going to drop. <laughs> But this team, man, they're fighting. I know the offense wasn't really there, um, but I think that over a five-game series, there's like less pressure on it. So I think we'll see some more runs scored. It's a di- I mean, these are two completely different teams, and I really, really like that for a baseball series. Um, can the Guardians starting pitchers keep the ball in the ballpark? Can you neutralize Aaron Judge in some way? If you can do those two things, I think you got a chance, man. Your pitching's really good. The bullpen has been absolutely lights out. Yeah. So if you get some sort of a lead, you can shorten the game really quickly. And that has been a recipe for success um, for AL Central teams. I always reference the Royals in 14 and 15 because I saw a lot of them. This Guardians team reminds me of them a lot because – they got horses in the outfield. They can get to every ball. So when you're a hitter and you put one in the gap and it gets run down, like we saw Miles Straw do that, I think it was in the second game. Like that is deflating, dude. Yeah. And then you start to say, well, what am I supposed to do? I got to hit it over them then. Then you start doing some different things mechanically. I think that could be a, a factor. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, you got to convince me to take the Yanks here. No, I, I, that was nice. I mean, left field, center field at Yankee Stadium. I mean, that's still a valley. And Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan. I, that's that's a they're really gonna go nice, get it, man. That's a really nice combo with the short porch and right. Um, here's what I'll say: the Yankees, they, I believe their starting pitching is the best it's been heading into the playoffs in a long time. Um, Garrett Cole at the top. Hey, Garrett Cole. This is why you get paid all that money. You better be Garrett Cole. Um, yep. He's been giving up the gopher ball. We've talked about the importance of that. So watch out for that. Be weary. Um, if Garrett gets clipped a couple times, you know, that's too many times in a playoff series, in a playoff game. I mean, that's um, not their thing, though. That's the only. Right. That's a, but 
you know, Jose Ramirez, it's his thing. Oscar Gonzalez, he just ended a series Woo. with one. You know, one of those dudes runs into one, and it, it can change a game. So uh, that's what you're watching there. Love Nestor. Let's see postseason Nestor and what that feels like. I'll tell you what, I bet it's electric. And then Luis Severino will be pitching game three on the road. Go back to some of those Yankee teams. You know, he was supposed to be the one. Um, he's now the three. I love a road start for him. I think he thrives on being the bad guy. Those friendly Midwest Guardian fans giving him hell. I think he's going to want to shut them up with some power change-ups and some power sliders. Um, I think this Yankees rotation is stronger than it's been going into the playoff series. That being said, uh, their bullpen may be the weakest it's been going into the playoff series. Clay Holmes just had a second phantom IL of sorts. Uh, let's see if they employ employ him, deploy him at all. Jonathan Loisaga is a king of soft contact. Those guardians are contact guys. Could that lead yeah. to your a devastating eighth inning? I don't know. Sweet Lou Trevino has been pitching big innings for them. Wandy Peralta. It's not your normal guys. Go back to some past Yankee teams. Raldis Chapman ain't going to be on the team. They announced that. Zach Britton is not on the team. He tried to come back. He did not. Those guys are like, you know, have some of the all-time relief pitcher seasons in baseball history. Uh, Chad Green, who was their weapon for years, he's out. So this Yankees bullpen is going to have a different feel to it, which, like we said, in a short playoff series, you can snap and it doesn't matter. If guys execute their pitches and it's done, you're good, you're home, you forget about it. couple bad outings in that bullpen, it becomes a scary place to make the phone call. So that's my fear with the Yankees. I think that's most Yankee fans' fears. I think they know they're going to get enough from the top of the lineup. I mean, between Judge, Rizzo, uh, if, if Stanton has clicked, I mean, hello. Oswaldo Cabrera, go check out his numbers the past three weeks. He is locked in. And then who will contribute from the bottom of the lineup? And you've got guys that can contribute, contribute. Josh Donaldson. Can he find it? Yeah. He's, you know, that's a, he's got an MVP in the bag. It hasn't been there this year, but he will be there. And what will we see from a guy like Matt Carpenter, who when we saw him this year, he had the best 100 at-bats in the majors, better than Aaron Judge, better than Jordan. Is he, is he going to be a pinch hitter extraordinaire? It seems like it. What can he do in two pinch hit at-bats? That's a really hard ask. That's an impossible ask. But I don't know. That guy also has something special going through him this year that I'm interested to see. So the Guardians aren't going to go down easy. It's how their team is wired. Like you said, with contact, with speed, with defense, with pitching, which is kind of what their franchise has been built on. They're not an easy out by any means. Um, but it's how much of the Yankees will show up. Like if Stanton and Judge are locked in, man... I, no offense, but I think the Guardians are kind of an easy out right now. I mean, 13 wow. hits, three runs, and 24 innings in that series. Wow. I know it's two games. You're going to end up on their Twitter now. No, but uh, li listen to me. Look, I think the pitching's a wash. Starting pitching's a wash. I think you could make that argument. Both teams are in a pretty good position with their starting pitching. The bullpen, as you just described, I think you got to go Cleveland's way and probably by a lot. And they got some guys they really rely on out of there. Some guys that have, I mean, Class A is in a world of his own. I know right. he struggled a little bit against the Yankees this year. I don't think that really matters. I think he gets the job done. They have guys they trust back there. 
Uh, you just explained all the reasons why Yankee fans should be concerned about the Yankees bullpen. The lineup is a completely different story. This is all Yankees here. You have one of the, you have a guy, Aaron judge who had one of the best offensive seasons of all time, anchoring it. Um, and a bunch of guys around him that can really, really do damage. So that that's a series for me. Can you keep the Guardians from having some timely hits? What's funny to think about, we talk about contact rate and all this shit with the Guardians. The only runs they scored in that series were two homers. Or the yeah. two guys that you mentioned. So uh, it's going to be inter- interesting. Like If the Guardians bats show up like that again and they're reliant on some homers, I don't think it's going to work out for them. I think they do need to string together some hits. I think they need to make the Yankees make some defensive miscues, put the pressure on. They need to be the Guardians. They, they weren't really the Guardians uh, in that first series, save for the time where they got bases loaded and Adam struck out uh, Ramirez and got yeah. Naylor to hit into a double play. I mean, that was very Guardians-ish right there, but it didn't end up working out. So I think that's going to be what we look for. I mean, if Judge goes out and has a big series... I don't think the Guardians offense can keep up with that. Um, but if they can somehow neutralize them and then, you know, be themselves and get guys on base, and I think that's how that's the game they have to play. Like I talked about their identity is they have one. And if they play to that, that's their chance to win. And maybe again, not to be rude to Cleveland, a lot of young players, like let's see what you got. Josh Naylor, he he tortured the Yankees in a brief playoff stint earlier. Like, you know, someone's gonna step up. Um, but I guess when you're eyeing that lineup and you say, who can, who can ruin a series? Jose Ramirez, obviously. On the Yankees' side. That's about it. Judge. Stanton. I mean, Anthony Rizzo? You, you know, you, you think we can't be walking away saying that guy had a, had a two-homer, six-ribby series? Like, the, the Yankees have more dudes. Let's see how much the Cleveland pitching can neutralize it. And by the way, we've got three divisional... Uh, Series going, Phillies Braves, Seattle Houston, San Diego LA. There's a little bad blood here. Um, the Guardians, Miles Straw, if you guys remember that incident this mm-hmm. year, Miles Straw got into it with the left field bleachers, and then the right field bleachers used the outfield as a recycling can for a little bit. Um, and we've thought about the Rays, or excuse me, we thought about the Jays in Seattle as the up and coming AL powers. How do you guys think Cleveland sees themselves in the mirrors? The youngest team that just won the AL Central? These dudes are trying to announce themselves on the scene. So Josh Naylor is going to be running hot. Like that, they are going to feed off that Bronx crowd as much as the Yankees do. Um, So it's just a matter of uh, when those playoff moments happen, do the knees start shaking or does not Josh Naylor want to shut them up? And (laughs) I wouldn't bet against him. Some of the other guys, maybe. Naylor's got, he's nails. How about that, Trev? I'll I'll give you that point. I believe this atmosphere, obviously they were at home for the first one against the Rays, going into Yankee Stadium and doing it is different. Yeah. You can feel pretty comfortable in that wild card series, even though it's the playoffs. I mean, you're playing these day games, like in front of your home crowd, like you kind of set up for for them to get that victory. If you're talking about, you know, time of day and you know, being comfortable at home. Like, yeah, going into Yankee Stadium and dealing with everything that New York has to offer. It's not just the stadium. It's it's every it's a different feel when you go into New York. I'm sorry. It's just mm. that is the way it is. You're right, man. Like, are some guys gonna be nervous? Hell yeah, they're gonna be nervous, dude. Like the lights are even brighter. Every series that you go on to, like they get brighter, things get 
you know, under the microscope even closer. When was the last time you used a microscope? Uh, I used a microscope last year when I did my position player rankings. Oh, you had that thing where you're acting like a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. That got under people's skin. Uh, a couple yeah, no of my, one liked that. A couple of my Red Sox fans still did not like where I had Rafael Devers. Um, Yankees in four. I think this is the one you didn't convince me enough. Do it. I think the game plan for the Guardians is to walk Judge, and hopefully nobody else beats you. You can't let that guy win. I think that's obvious. I think Tito understands that. Uh, I, I'm going to say Guardians in five. Okay. Happy for you. I this is there's gonna be one team, bro. I can't sit here and pick every favorite. I just that just doesn't happen, man. I think this is the one team I keep saying they have an identity, play to the identity, and crazy things can happen. Little wild card in this series could be Jamison Tyone, by the way. Watch out. Yankees had some interesting quotes about him. Um <laughs> With some of their playoff stuff, he could be a swing guy. They said he might close games. He could I like also, that. I was thinking about that. What are you going to do with him? He Can could he be one of those guys. Yeah. He could also start game four. Uh, I would love. He seems like a guy on the road in game four. I've kind of backed myself into that uh, stance on talking Yanks. Um, he has a sneaky bigger history of like big game performances than you'd think, like a regular season, but. That guy's been through shit in life that's bigger than baseball. Really? So uh, him in a big moment, I I don't mind him. Uh, we will see. We will see what the pesky guards, again, come stream with us. Um, we're going to be having a lot of fun uh, with that Guardians-Yankees series. So 7.37 p.m. Tuesday night. Baseball! Trev, the final series. We're leaving. We're going back home to the West Coast Podger, Podgers, yeah. Padres, Dodgers even, uh, San Diego and L.A., the 9:37 game. This is going to be, you know, me and Trevor are going to be watching these games on the moon, if you know what I'm saying. I know our guy Dallas Braden does. Um, again, division rivals here, San Diego and L.A. There's some blood there. Uh, Soto talking about it in a, while they were celebrating. He's telling the San Diego fans, head up. Two-hour drive. Why not? But then you got to park at Chavez Ravine, and you know how long that takes. Well, yeah, you take the I-5. You take the 5, get off on the 405. Uh, but if you time that wrong. Um, <laughs> Trev. That's that's such a messed up voice, bro. I'm, I'm offended by that. You should be. Um, <laughs> I want to hear your New Yorker impression. Um, the Freeway Series. Uh you know these Dodgers because they won 111 regular season games. Uh, they went 14-5 and five versus the Padres this year in the regular season, as they basically did to every team. So Padres, par for the course, not bad. Uh, it looks like Kershaw, Urias, and then an Anderson-Gonsolin hybrid. We know the Dodgers won't be scared to execute their bullpen and almost raise like fashion. They come from that race school if they need to. Uh, second lowest bullpen ERA, a 2.87. Uh, their starters and <laughs> the best ERA in baseball this year. Uh, you know, you may not know some of their back end relievers like you used to know, uh, but those guys got it done. Uh, Phillips, uh, Vesia, he's actually had some big playoff moments by this point. And you know everybody in their lineup. Uh, you might even own their baseball card because those 
are the dudes of all dudes in that lineup. Um, and then San Diego, you just saw what they did. Looks like Clevenger would be the one getting the pill in game one. Um, who he hasn't been, you know, true to Mike Clevenger form this year, and the Dodgers actually banged him around a few times. Um, and then, you know, then they'll have their other dudes ready to go. Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. So, uh, and we saw different Padres step up versus the Mets. Uh, and Trev, this series is brought to you by the John Boy Media Store. Buy yourself some merch. Me and Trev are wearing the same hat today. Um, I was just wearing our... John Boy Media kind of college sweater the other day, and Jess was like, oh, that's you look nice, which is rare. Don't get a lot of those. Um, and in and this, not just for adults. Uh, Teddy had his John Boy Media hoodie on. Kids. He goes to school, and the kids are like, you like John Boy? It makes yeah. me so happy and proud, man. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of Jake fans at the elementary schools. And Teddy's like, yeah, my dad's a freaking YouTube star. How do yeah. you not know that? My dad uh, is a TikToker. His name is Jack Doyle. Um what uh? Where do you go with this series, Trev? I this is what I start to think about. Okay, okay, fourteen and five—that's a big number. And I just said on some of the other previews, who gives a shit what happens in the regular season when it comes down to it? The postseason is just a different animal. I think there is, you know, I think the Padres look at the Dodgers as like, okay, this is a juggernaut. But it's funny to me, or not funny. It's um just an interesting vibe when you think about the type of alpha personalities that are on the Padres. I mean, they're taking the Polaroids in the dugout, looking all fly. Manny Machado is an alpha. Joe Musgrove just showed he's an alpha. What did he, did he do the uh, eastbound and down thing? Jimmy put that on his breakdown, like this thing, like everybody on that team yeah. feels like they're the best player in the world. But then they see the Dodgers, and they're like, oh, shit, those are the best players in the world. It's a weird thing, dude. I think it. I'm curious to see what kind of energy the Padres come out with. Like, I think it's very, very important for them to go get one of these first games. I mean, the, the first game. Because if you just go in the, in the Dodgers steamroll you game one, it's like, damn, more of the same. More of the same. So, but if you go take game one from them, it's like, hey, we're hot off this series. We just beat the Mets, who won 101 games. We're going to go get Bilbo Baggins in that 111. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's no, um, it's alphas looking at another team being like, wow, I've never really felt lesser in my life, but it's the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers deserve that respect too. They've earned it. Those guys in that squad have earned it. I don't think the Padres are scared. I'm not saying that. In fact, I'm almost saying the opposite, but I think they do need to win game one. I'm going to extend it to two games because you have Clevenger okay. going in the first game who you've you know announced as your fourth starter because you had your three best starters go. Um. You have to win one in LA. And because it's because of that 14 and five. Because, Trev, this is where the spin zone comes in. And you asked me this at, at the start of at the start of today. 14 and five, if you win one of those first two games, it is completely out the window. And you go, Great. Congrats on your 14 wins. They are useless now. When you lost 14 out of 19 games in the regular season, and then you lose the first two, it is over. 
Um, so that is where San Diego, with one win in those first two games, can flip the whole script and put it on its head and line up those three dogs that they have in their rotation right now. Um, now, that's an easier task said than done because uh, the Dodgers are thinking the same thing. And they do not want to give the chance, and that's where these five gamers are tricky. You steal one on the road, that means you've got two chances at home to end a team's season and advance to the next round. And whether we're talking the Phillies and their big two guys in the rotation or we're talking the Padres and their big three guys in the rotation, you do not want to give a road team that opportunity. Even the Guardians, we'll see what they do. Uh, you know, Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, and those guys. But if the Yankees, if they get split, you know, that's a bad feeling. You don't think Seattle is going to be rocking their first playoff games in two-plus decades? You know, even a Houston team that has seen a lot of shit, they have not seen what that environment in Seattle is going to look like. They're going to be looking at shoes on their head. They're going to be looking at crazy just Northwest people losing their minds. San Diego has to win one of the first two games with that 14-5 and five looming and who the Dodgers are. Um... And by the way, they're feeling good. Um, the two uh, going West Coast to East Coast to West Coast flight-wise, that's tough, and you're going to feel that a little bit at some point. We'll see. You got playoff energy. But by the way, we are in full-blown blow-the-stats-out-the-window because Trent Grisham is no longer regular season Trent Grisham. <laughs> Josh Bell is no longer regular season Josh Bell. Um these Padres, you know, some fun storylines here. Soto and Trey Turner on opposite sides of the field. Uh, we just saw that with uh, Scherzer as well. Um, I'm starting to drink a little bit of Padres Kool-Aid, and maybe it's okay. just recent memory from what's happened last night. I've, I've believed in this team too much all year. For what ended up being an 89-win team and a team that doesn't have arguably their best player, I still really like this squad, man. And I, I think there is something to galvanizing. We saw it a little bit with the Braves last year with Acuna out. There is a little something to baseball and galvanizing when you're missing a guy who's supposed to be a dude from you. You kind of look at each other a little differently. Like, we all have to step it up a little bit. And when you're having Austin Nola put balls in the hole, when you're having Hassan Kim put together good at-bats, Trent Grisham and Josh Bell are scary at-bats in the playoff. This Padres team has the formula that has been proven to work in recent playoff years and past pre playoff years. We haven't seen Josh Hader fully unleashed yet. He got his one inning clean in. He got that done in. Did you see Suarez throwing the pill last night? How's your casual 101? Like, you're looking for a breakout bullpen guy? I think Suarez might be your dude. That guy throws nasty stuff. Josh Hader can end games for you. You're going to get an effort from your rotation every day. And you've got Soto and Machado in the middle of that lineup with other guys contributing. That's a playoff formula. It's just they are playing the big bad wolf, and will it be enough? And every other team this year, it has not. I was going to say, you can say all you want. Yeah. And dream and wish all you want, but it's, it still is the Dodgers. And I know that's lazy analysis, but it's the truth, dude. This team is really good. The one thing we can talk about, I guess, with the Dodgers, the lineup is set. It's deep. 
It's ridiculous. The starters we know are going to be good. They have been. I think we're going to see what they do game four, see how Gonsolin's feeling. There's a couple guys we're waiting on uh, some news, Dustin May, Blake Trinan, because the bullpen there, we know they don't have a set closer. Uh, is 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 Gratterall going to be the guy? Is he going to be their high leverage guy? Like who? I'm very curious. They say they're going to play the hot hand, whoever matches up best. Uh, but that's going to be. I talked about it before. Managers earn their money in the postseason by their pitching decisions. Dave Roberts, when you listen to Dodgers fans talk, he doesn't have the greatest track record with that. So we'll see how much of that is actually in his hands, or if the front office is like, you know what, let's. Why don't we just go ahead and make those decisions? I'm not really sure, but one thing's for sure. They have the depth to do it, Yeah, but it's finding the right guys at the right time. I think the Dodgers will be able to do that, but if that's one thing that you want to point to for the Dodgers, it's that. You, you know, They don't have a set back end, although their bullpen has been excellent. So it's like you're really, really nitpicking yeah. here, but that's, yeah. you know that could play some factor. I said it with the Braves in Houston. Again, weakness on... The weakness on this Dodgers team, which is all sorts of ironic, are their pitchers' names. Um, the the name value in the bullpen and some of their starters, you know, whether it's Anderson or Gonsolin or whoever, doesn't ring as hard as a Snell or a Darvish or Scherzer or DeGrom or, or whatever it is. Uh, statistically, those guys dance with anyone. And, yeah, I mean, the if I my, – my Jakey – you know, kind of douchey phrase of the day would be, you know, they have five guys that I would love in the eighth inning between Bruce Starr and Chris Martin and Tommy Canely and Vessia and Phillips. Uh, we'll see if we love them in the ninth or if we see if we have the alpha dog step up. Um, anything else on either side jumping? Oh, Trevor, you have your hand raised. Yes, thank you. Um, I just want to say this. I, 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 I rarely want to put myself in somebody else's shoes. Mm. I mean, I do have empathy, and that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Rarely am I envious of a position that some other person is in. I really love my life. I do. Okay. okay. Huge. Joe Musgrove, though? Mm. 100 M's in the bank. 6'5". Hot ears, getting massaged during a game, pitching for your hometown team in the playoff, the first time they've had a playoff game in 16 years? Mm. Like, dude, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Like, doing it for your city, he's he's spraying champagne with the shades on, doing the freaking post-game presser with the shades on. Yeah. Like, I think for a day, especially on a start day, because the rest of the days, you know, starting pitchers are absolutely ridiculous. Napping, yeah. They're don't, what do they do? Sleep. Eat seeds and some gummy bears. Which is also not too bad. I, I want to be Joe Musgrove for the day he starts, man. I think that is so cool. I'm looking at that. Is he going to get what game? Is he going to get in San Diego game, game? Game three or four? Yeah. Dude, think about that, Jake. Where'd you grow up again? Fucking Connecticut. I mean, if I, if I got a start for those Hartford Whalers, uh, the the emotion coming out of me would be different. Say Whoville. <laughs> that was pretty good. Got to give me the Shire at least. Come on. Come on. This is yeah, a token you, yeah. baseball pop. You fit in the Shire for sure. High school when I could grow up my curly hair, you would have liked that. Um, yeah, I mean, give me Joe Musgrove in San Diego. 
to push it to a game five? To push it to five or to clinch it? Trev. Take your pick, player. You saw me do this last, with the wild card round. I was making my picks and I go, oh my God, I'm picking all the home teams and there's no chance this works. I said, which home team do I think is susceptible and which team is going to be good at being the bad guys? I said, Seattle. They rewarded me at the end. I'll go down. Uh, and I, it's baseball. So there's no way I go four for four here because I'm taking the three favorites and I basically was looking for one not to take. I'm about these Padres, man. Uh, like Soto is going to be a problem every at bat. You know who loves being the bad guy more than any other MLB baseball player? Manny Machado. Manny Machado, uh, who, by the way, had a little Dodger stint. We all remember that, right? Uh, Manny Machado, those two are a problem every time, and when they get contributions elsewhere offensively, you feel that. They get some strong defense, man. Hassan Kim. Watching him play short is fun. Cronenworth, Machado, Trent Grisham, Jerkson, Profar. This team plays good defense. They have the big threats in the lineup. They have other guys contributing. They've got dudes in the back back end that can ruin you. They've got the big three in their rotation. Never mind if Clevenger chips in. And all that being said, the Dodgers are a better team. But I'll take a chance on the Padres. In four, Joe Musgrove. The place goes nuts. Burn it down. I I mean, I would love to see that happen. The queen is dead. The queen is dead. Joe Musgrove is alive. Nice ears. Alfonso Marquez knows that Mm. very well. Did something for me. Pitching Ninja, I got to shout this out. Pitching Ninja put out the video of like him going behind the ear and then the coin coming out like your grandpa used to do. That got me. I was pretty... Pretty happy with that one. Um, all right, Jake. I think that <laughs> I do love the story of the Padres. I love that character arc, you know, kind of in the shadows and then get to the postseason. It's almost like the quote unquote ugly girl puts her hair down and takes her glasses off, and all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, she's hot. Ooh. That happened that used to happen in the movies doesn't happen anymore yeah. because that sets the bad example because yeah. beauty comes from within. Yep. But if we're back. In those days, could the Padres be that girl? I don't think so. I think the Dodgers are too good. I think the Dodgers win this one, even though they have a bazillion left-handed pitchers, and that scares me a little bit. I know I shouldn't be. The numbers tell me not to be scared of. I'm a little scared of that. If Brandon Drury all of a sudden decides to go off and just hit a couple timely homers, he looks good in the uni. Aesthetically pleasing, I give this series. I rank it high also. I like this. I yeah. like the blue matching up with the yellow. The brown is interesting against those Chris Dodger whites. I give it an 8.5 on my scale of aesthetically pleasing. We've had some really nice matchups this divisional round. I'm taking the Dodgers. I think they get it done. I think this one does go five, though. I think Joe Musgrove pushes it to game five, and the Dodgers win that game. You could be right. Mookie Betts just bowled a 300 because why the Yeah, fuck? I mean... That was, you talked about Peter Moylan playing golf while the Mets were fighting for their season's life. Mookie Betts just chunking bowling balls while other people are like throwing (laughs) up in their shoes getting ready for playoff series was like, 
Oh, yeah, that's right. This team didn't care about the regular season. They won a buck 11. They didn't even try to win 111 games, and they just did. They got a Walker Buehler didn't contribute at all. Zero. Brought brought the staff ERA up. Jacob DeGrom is coming to this team next year. Like it's oh, gonna be God. a shit show. Don't tell Mets fans that. Um Trevor, anything else for the good people? That's it. Hey, enjoy the games, man. Yeah. This these are some excellent baseball players. Um, no matter what happens, I think the games are going to be good. There's there's not gonna be any snooze fest type of thing going on here. Uh, and keep it locked in here. The streams will be fun. You guys are going to be doing those. And then we'll be going every single day, recapping the games. That's all we know. That's all we know. John Boy. Are we going to get the return? We are going to get the return of John Boy. Prodigal I, son? I guess he'll, he'll, be, he'll be with the live stream on Tuesday night. And then we'll record Talking Yanks. And then he should be here for Talking Baseball Wednesday a.m. So I'm going to give Joms a shout real quick because give him a shout. Give him an ear people shout. have been getting on him. Now he's not on these shows as of late. I know this. He wants to be on these shows. There is a lot of things going on with our company, with his family. You know, it's, he wants to be working. That's like where he finds his peace. What he likes. He likes talking ball. Yeah. He likes doing breakdowns, all that stuff. He's ready to go. I can't wait. I'm going to, you know what though? Yeah. You got to give him a little shit. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, that's family. That's love. Damn. Uh, guys, we will see you Wednesday morning. Tuesday. Take a half day. Or don't even just put up an auto email reply. Like Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Jake sucks. Look at that. Um, yeah, just put up one of those auto-reply emails that's like, I may be delayed in getting back to you because I'm working on Baseball something. season, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brandon Marsh, he didn't like his hair and his beard. Uh, a woman commented to us on Twitter that that's all that she likes. So, that's... Not a Jake fan, then. <laughs> <laughs>